Do you remember, uh, this is freshman year, I think, FIFA, and Lukaku was on Chelsea still? He was just a young, you yeah. know, like almost out of the academy player. And I would just send him in. First, I would yep. try and score with Lampard for 30 yards, and then I just send Lukaku in in the 70th minute. And his speed was ridiculous. It was like 97 or something. No touch, but just speed. Yeah, and it's it's wild because I'd be like, who is this guy, and be really mad at it. And now, he, it's the same speed. That's the scary part. He's actually super fast, but he's just a muscle-bound man. And the touch is obviously there. Welcome to the cooler. Open your medulla for the sports talk. Best two to do is since the shortstop. Show Titus Fort Knox. Tune in and stay a minute. Learn a bit. Careful, these hot takes might burn a bit. Matt and Tayo saucing like they Pico de Gallo. Handle business like that uncle out in Cleveland, Ohio. Listen, free with no trial. You probably in denial. Like, what you mean is free? Swear to God, I'm broke as hell and I'm up in it every week. Don't take it from me, do what you gotta do I'ma keep eating this sobbling gotta food Let me call an audible, the cooler they be shutting it down And if you snoozing then you losing like you stuck on the Browns Chief. Welcome ladies and gentlemen to the cooler here on the podcast I am Tayo Ajayi and joined by the co-host Matthew Glover What's up Matt? How's it going my good man? Oh, we're just out here surviving and uh, thriving, and let's jump right into it. We're going to try and keep the show tight. Matt, you just told me about the best news I've heard all week, so go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm here making sure that I'm prepared for our endeavors today. Open up ESPN, and you see the normal links on the side. It's, it's, a, some of, it's so depressing. It's like same old, same old, so top line. Baylor punished, but not for sex assault issues. I mean, of course, right? Like, why would they be punished for that? And then the one after that is something about Alden Smith, because basically since we were born, there's been a story about Alden Smith and whether or not he's going to be able to play football. And then third down the list, the best one there, J.R. Smith enrolls at NCANT, petitions to play golf. That's amazing to me. And it just like (laughs) instantly you're like, okay, so the market inefficiency there. For one, like, the NCAA could be all stuffy like it normally is and make things not fun at all, but wouldn't they want – like, who watches college golf? Who even knows that it exists or cares to an extent that matters? Wouldn't it be great for him to be playing college golf? Well, I will punch in about college golf knowledge. So I think it was sophomore year of college. I did a show – or maybe it was a basketball game with Sam Bernstein – at Yale, and uh, he was on the golf team. So that's that's my college golf connection, and that's about it. Well, in other words, there needs that to was be a bull run. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like that's good, but you would hope that more people could find some interest in in all these sports, especially given that he's going to an HBCU to do it. And I just, uh, I guess, my expectations at all for golfers just so like you know it's a stuffy country club game it's not something that you see in other places like that so it'd be great for in my opinion at least it'd be great no so this is an opinion it, just in general it'd be great for the idea of golf for NCANT and for J.R. Smith for this to happen that'd be great and imagine if you're a student there too and you're on the golf team with J.R. Smith that's funny as hell that's what I was about to say is that <laughs> you're you're 
you know, trying to line up your shot or something like that. And then six foot six J.R. Smith, you know, comes over with his caddy. He's like, hey, man, you should uh, really move up to the seven iron for that one. And, uh, yeah, great, great life experience there. Old J.R. Wow. Wow. Man. Yeah, I mean, I wish him the best, obviously. I hope it gets to happen. And, you know, I guess, well, you know, we'll see. He went straight from high school to the pros, right? So he. Yeah, that's exactly. I, yeah. That's the reason yes, why. I don't. Go ahead. No, I was just saying that's the reason why this is possible because he has all those years of eligibility left, and he hasn't really, quote unquote, like tainted it. It's just sitting there for it's like untouched snow. It's just waiting to be used. So yeah, happy for J.R. Smith. Good for him. I hadn't heard about that, and now I have, and. Uh, I guess that means that he won't be joining the Lakers uh, as they try (laughs) to bring back everybody who's ever played for them. Correct. But I was, I was thinking about the Lakers and why all these names playing with LeBron seemed a little strange. And they now have four members, if I counted correctly, of that 2012 Olympic team. So there's LeBron, there's Carmelo, there's Russell Westbrook and, Who's the fourth one? The fourth one's less obvious. Uh, A back of the bencher for the Redeem team. Who's oh, oh, Anthony Davis, because he was a young guy then. Oh, yeah. He was the college one. Yeah. Wow. That's funny, too. I guess he was like, he had been drafted at that point. Yeah, he had been drafted but hadn't played. So, right. Yeah. He was the Christian Leitner. Yep. But just, you know, miles better and actually <laughs> there on merit. I think, uh, I mean, on merit to a certain extent. I don't, I'm pretty sure, maybe somebody said this as a throwaway, but he was there, Christian Leitner, just to like tap in the amateur rule and make sure that it was covered or something like that. I don't remember. Uh, I don't, I don't quite understand that. But so you're saying that they, they needed to have an amateur on the team in order yeah, to maybe- qualify? Yeah, I don't know if it was because they actually needed him or if they were just, like, appeasing people or something like that. I'd believe anything, though, because he legitimately didn't belong in that class of athlete or basketball player. So it's just funny. And I would, yeah, I would accept any rationale for him being there that doesn't involve his basketball ability, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah, that uh, Christian Leitner won't be playing for the Lakers as far as I can tell. But they do have Russell Westbrook uh, coming back to Los Angeles. He famously played at UCLA. I don't know if you remember. I think it was one of his last NCAA tournament games. He had this dunk that was maybe two tenths after the buzzer. And, uh, you know, they won the game anyways. But I was like, wow, okay, this this guy belongs. He belongs in the league. Yeah, and he was ridiculous. And he played with Kevin Love, right? So I, I remember... I don't remember watching many of their games, but I remember the year that they were drafted, seeing Westbrook in particular just be, and he's no different than he was before, than when, than when he was a rookie. I guess in terms of development and understanding of basketball, he's different, but his attitude towards playing is basically the same thing. And I wonder, um, I'm like, I don't really plan on watching too much basketball this year, truth be told, just because I'm sort of basketballed out at this point in, in many ways. But I'm 
the, the fascinating part to me is just the Westbrook, I don't even want to call it ego, but just his personality versus the LeBron personality slash ego. And maybe it's not versus, maybe it's in conjunction with, but Westbrook just does what he wants, man. And I think that's like hilarious most of the time. And I just wonder whether, like if anybody were to be able to rein it in or help him rein it in or get him to rein it in, it would be LeBron. So I just wonder what that what that will look like. I would want to watch games just to see their on-field dynamic together. Yeah, I think they're going to get along pretty well just because LeBron, I mean, LeBron might yell at him for taking a bad shot or something, but Westbrook will probably know that it's not a great shot when you've got LeBron and Anthony Davis on your team. And LeBron's also going to look at him and say, dude, this guy's playing way harder than I am. And uh, thank goodness he's taking the guard on these pick and rolls and stuff like that, making my job easier. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, I, it's like, it's so funny. I think that's absolutely true. One that like LeBron, he's like, <laughs> he's like sucking the life force from all these young players. <laughs> yeah. He like clearly loves these. Um, he, he likes a particular type of player for some reason. He likes guards that can't shoot. I don't know what that's about, but like maybe it starts with him being like this Dwayne Wade, uh acolyte but then it follows with like he had this thing for rondo which was funny as hell to me because rondo is just so rondo and now it's westbrook and those are like westbrook is essentially like a blend of wade and rondo it's not like a perfect blend but if you were to take parts of both of their games you would get something like westbrook i guess and like a point guard plus like scoring guard plus athleticism or whatever and it's um yeah, it's just funny. Like, I'm sure what you're saying is is a huge part of that, though, that he just, like, someone else be able to expend energy and run an offense and not have it always be me. But when I want it to be me, it will be me. That's yeah. the part that I'm interested in, though. Like, is it actually going to work that way? Yeah. I mean, during the regular season, they can do whatever they want, right? For the most right. part, they can just pencil in games and say, okay, we, we actually have to play for real yeah. and, you know, prep this this game. And then in the playoffs, in the playoffs, I think that Westbrook, it's been a long time since he's gone anywhere in the playoffs, right? That guy is desperate to win. And so I I think he's pretty smart and he'll be like, well, I would rather win, you know, have a 50% chance of or 30% chance of winning a title and have a reduction in the role than try and be the hero and uh, not win again. Uh, yep. So interesting to see where that goes. Uh, the, we, we're about almost a week away from the end of the Olympics. Uh, we already did our due diligence and covered basically the entire Olympics by talking about sport climbing uh, last episode. But Matt, if you hey. want to punch anything else in there. I mean, I am always interested in the idea of the Olympics especially given this this um, iteration of it, you know, global virus just ravaging everything and we're just doing Olympics. Um, it was, and it was funny because it had that bubble-like feel to it again. Right. Uh, um, I don't know, man. I watched the basketball. I wasn't, like, necessarily taken by it. It was fine. I actually wanted – had it been Slovenia versus USA in the final, I absolutely would have been rooting for Slovenia. Like, I just didn't – feel as invested in the u.s team for a lot of reasons like that's political reasons like me just like not wanting the united states to feel good about itself in that way and be able to pimp out these dudes and have them represent the country but then also like 
It's it's just fun. like the fact that Luca's dragging or did drag that team from not even being in the last Olympics to I guess placing fourth this time in which they had medaled. That was um to me that was the most intriguing thing like his his existence in basketball, and him being such a dominant international player specifically. I thought that was dope. Yeah, let's talk about rooting for the U.S. because I've had the same experience. I don't remember. I would say 2016, I was pretty much neutral as far as it came to the U.S. And this time, I think I was always rooting for everybody else. And part of that is because the people that we grew up with, like Michael Phelps, uh, you know, he's gone. Allison Felix, this was her last Olympics. You know, there are a few other famous runners and athletes that they've pretty much gone, right? So uh, unless you were dialed in on Simone Biles, uh, I felt like I didn't have the connection to the U.S. And plus, it's like you said, we've got all these resources. We throw it at these athletes, and of course, we're going to win the medal count. Like the, watching the medal count is dumb. <laughs> it's just okay, we can't be in the same competition as Bahrain, right? Right. So uh, I usually put my rooting interest in whatever sports you know Nigeria is playing or competing in. Uh, Shout out to the Nigerian basketball team, even though they didn't, I don't think they performed as well as they wanted to. Uh, beating U.S. in the ex- exhibition was a nice touch. Yeah. Yeah. And then outside of that, you know, I guess I just look at whichever runner needs my uh, abstract support. Ah. Or, you know, whatever competitor needs my, needs my blessing, and I give it to them. Right. In other words, your betting interests. I understand. I understand. <laughs> right. Yep. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, the medal count thing is hilarious to me. And you bring that up and that makes me laugh a lot because it's just like, do you not have enough to, I guess, and I asked, do you not have enough to feel good about? And I guess the answer honestly is like, no, because things are difficult for a lot of people, but I don't feel good about burying these other countries in, in golds or whatever. Um, I don't feel good about that at all. It's like, I'm not, the reason why we have resources and they don't in the first place is because of us. It's not like it's an accident. Like they were just like plopped onto the world in these vastly different circumstances they were created. So I just like, I don't take any pride in burying these other countries in medals. And I'm like, like you said, these like name athletes, I feel like I have much more of an affinity for to a certain extent. Um, but man, like watching them do Shikari uh, dirty with the with weed is just like, dude, you you're making it so I don't want to root for you. Like I just don't want to anymore. And um, yeah, it's not that I'm tired of the basketball thing, but clearly we didn't have our best team out there, and I sensed like an opening, and it would have been really really interesting to see us um, us be challenged in more than just the first game of the entire thing. They're lucky, like teams like Slovenia or uh, Serbia didn't actually make it. You know, because you just never know with these shorter games and the refs that clearly are tilted against the United States because of the way they play and like the calls that the players are used to getting, which I love. I think it's hilarious that they're like falling and looking for calls and they just don't get any. It's it's funny. We, meanwhile, though, Luca gets every call, which I also think is very funny that he was getting every superstar call. He was pure LeBron. Well, he's, uh, he's going to be able to back that up with his money. So oh, yeah. just got a $207 million contract. I I guess this just proves to me that I didn't understand the NBA contract. So he's only three years into his career, right? 
but he's already, I guess because he's gotten two All-NBA first-team yep. selections, yep. he's already eligible for it. Yeah, he gets to go early. So only the the best of the best get to do that. It's better for him, obviously, because now he's the fact that he already started so young, he's going to get the, he's going to have the, it's going to be him and Giannis getting the biggest contracts ever, like two years apart from each other for the rest of time, basically. This is, this, this ties into real life here. So this is about a year now that I've been in Ithaca, New York, and I negotiated down my rent about, I don't know, it was like 25 or $50 a month. But then when it came time to re-up for the next year, they're like, okay, we need to increase you by X percent. But that X percent is based off of what I negotiated down. So, you know, that carries over into the next one. And then you negotiate that down again, too. And so, you know, Luka Doncic is, I think he's right. You get a scheduled raise. So the next contract will be like at least 15% greater than the previous one. So he's already got 207 at age 23 or whatever. So now he's going to be raking it in really with the next contract. Yeah. I mean, and that's assuming he doesn't get extended early for that one, just depending on what the Mavericks want to do, you know? So he could be, he's going to get a huge contract before he's even 30 and then he'll still be prime himself when he's like 33 when the or 32 when the next one would expire. And so, or I guess it would be more like if he's 23 right now, it'd be like 27, 31, like four years apart or something like that. But you, yeah, you could expect him to have these massive contracts until like for a decade essentially more it's just um and then you know what the whole like the meta commentary here is that in spite of him making that much money it's nowhere near the amount of money that he's like generating for the team so that whole construct is like it's just you know like obviously it doesn't get talked about a lot but this dude all of them all the ones especially the biggest like the huge name players him getting that 207, I just wonder what um what those ticket sales are looking like, or what the uh, the the jersey sales, the ads, all the things the Mavericks benefit from by having him. Like what is plus the international appeal for him is unique. It's just um it's a very multi layered situation, and he's coming out ahead because he's younger and getting all that money, but the team is coming out even farther ahead. Specifically, Mark Cuban. Yeah. And not only that, but I'm sure the Mavericks already had a European foothold because they had Dirk as their last superstar. So this is going to be 35 years of European influence. Yep. Yeah, I mean, they're set for the the rest of the life of their franchise. So congrats to them. They really saw it coming. <laughs> yep, good, good uh, drafting there. There, so... Something else that just finished as we're recording this, we're recording this on Wednesday, and we will see when we put it up. But Chelsea just beat Villarreal to win the uh, European Super Cup. That's what they still call it, uh, 6-5 on penalties. So Christian Pulisic uh, eventually got a chance to take a PK. He was a six-shooter. He made it, so good for him. Wow. And uh, taking home even more hardware. Hardware that takes ah. one game to win. So I also just saw related to Chelsea that they are closing in on Lukaku. And yep. dude, if that happens, I'm just rooting for Chelsea. It's it's a wrap. Because that dude is amazing. And do you go ahead. Yeah. No, what well, what's up? 
Do you remember, uh, it's his freshman year, I think, FIFA, and Lukaku was on Chelsea still. He was just a young, you yeah. know, like almost out of the academy player. And I would just send him in. First, I would yep. try and score with Lampard for 30 yards, and then I'd just send Lukaku in in the 70th minute. And his speed was ridiculous. It was like 97 or something. No touch, but just speed. Yeah, and it's it's wild because I'd be like, who is this guy, and be really mad at it. And now he, he it's the same speed. That's the scary part. He's actually super fast, but he's just a muscle-bound man. And the touch is obviously there. I mean, he's a perfect striker. There's There are no gaps. There's no misses, anything. He's perfect. So that's ridiculous, in my opinion. And I will, I will certainly, I, I used to, root, not used to, but like, I really rooted for City these past few years, and they've been disappointing in finals, obviously. I think there's like a mental hurdle they need to get over. But, man, like there's no one on City that I like more than Lukaku, except maybe, um, no, there's nobody. It's not even close, really. So, yeah, he's like my Chris Paul, but in soccer. <laughs> he is, a, he makes it apparent how glaring the absence of a good striker is on other teams. Yeah. And if you, you know, watch the U.S. soccer team try and <laughs> put people out at striker, we've got people, you know, thanking the skies for uh, Daryl DK, who was pretty yeah. good the first yeah. couple of times, but then he's kind of fallen off. Maybe he's been injured. Uh, PFOC, who does some things, you know, he scores goals, which is good. Uh, doesn't seem like he's the most athletic guy out there. Right. And then Josh Sargent, who everyone is just hoping. I don't know why. Hope. I don't see, I, I don't see it. They've been saying that since like we were in college or maybe even a little bit, uh, I guess a little bit after, but where has that ever been? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know either, but he did just get signed to a Premier League team. Yeah. So we're all going to see him every week now and see if he's doing anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like in turn, if we're talking about prototypes or or type of player, Daryl DK is the very obvious comparison to Lukaku, and you would hope that he could be like seventy percent of that, maybe sixty. That'd be pretty. I mean, it's better than anybody else the United States has. If he's 60% of Lukaku, that's like, that's your number nine because that's just, we're not that good. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I think Lukaku is amazing. And him being on Chelsea, that's, uh, that's huge. It's scary. Yeah. Well, maybe somebody will challenge City for the, for the title this year since they were pretty dominant last year yeah yes indeed i mean i guess we'll see it's, um who knows how good or bad liverpool will be i don't know how many games i'm going to be watching dude i may become a uh i may be pivoting i will be pivoting from those um from a lot of these sports like i'm gonna be watching a lot more nwsl it's on paramount plus so i, I just happen to have that for champions league and i'll probably keep it and then just watch um some nwsl but also WNBA, man. I might become a Liberty, like, I won't be, like, an actual season ticket holder, but, like, partial plan holder and just go see some games. The way how all these streaming structures work, yeah, you really have to just decide, okay, this is what I want to watch. Uh, the only reason why I have any sort of streaming uh, ability is because my apartment comes with that included. 
uh, and it's probably a little bit cheaper than it would be otherwise. But uh, it's yeah. So the Premier League is what I'll be watching because it's what I what I have. Although they did just change the the network configuration, right? Aren't they getting rid of NBC Sports? It's Peacock now. Yeah, they still have NBC Sports, but they're transitioning a lot of stuff to um, to Peacock instead. So what ends up happening is almost Premier League games um, or Premier League weekends. Some of the bigger games, they'll just start putting on Peacock. So people are like incentivized to get it. I think it's but it's five bucks a month. So it's not as bad as these other things. Um, And you can also get it for free. It just has ads and you can't. access some of the live sports i think man so yep that's how they get you buddy i remember back in my day you just turn on channel 319 or whatever it was and that's right that was it well you know i mean what's going to happen is it let's say premier league somehow goes to espn they're just going to put it on espn plus they're not going to like just give it out or they will give it out but they won't put everything there you'll certainly if Teams playing like on a Monday, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. It'll never be on actually ESPN because they got to run Sports Center. You know, it's a big deal. Sports Center. Yeah. Yep. Well, let's let's keep this show tight. Uh, Matt, do you have anything else that uh, you want to talk about? I'm trying to remember if there was anything else. I feel like we we covered a lot of ground. We had some golf. We had some uh, Olympic talk. Uh, a money talk and now our streaming talk that's i mean that's it's pretty wide-ranging content I, I didn't really do a deep dive on our little espn but i will say you know just in terms of sports in general i am part, like making a personal decision to just like pivot towards reading and consuming stuff that's like furthering my um political education and so that the opportunity cost is watching sports um not that i won't ever watch again but particularly because of my teams or my players losing in very like rapid succession with uh city losing in memorial day weekend and then chris paul losing a few weeks ago um I'm just like, you know, it's not that I don't want to, but the emotional toll is not. So, I've already like sort of divested myself enough that it doesn't matter a ton to me. But I just like, why am I subjecting myself to this over and over again for years? So I, w- I would rather just dip in, really enjoy it and leave as opposed to get super invested and then get invested in other places. And that's um, it's just interesting how that's affecting how I approach sports now. You know, I'm much more like a, of a I feel like much more of an outside observer these days and so i i'm just like taking that approach now and it's an interesting feel yeah i don't know which team i'm the hardest fan of now i would guess i don't know it's definitely not the lakers i I think kobe retiring plus kobe's death sort of got rid of a lot of that for me and then uh with the broncos i mean they've just been you know, doggone awful for for so long with incompetence at picking quarterbacks. Uh, and I guess maybe it's the Cubs, but they just did a big fire sale too. So I don't know. Yeah, it might just have to be Yale uh, Yale football. 
Oh, God. You're better off with just every Nigerian team that exists, including <laughs> the basketball team. No, I'll be rooting for uh, Ianacho this, this season. That'll be my guy. Well, let's, let's wrap this show up. Uh, thank you all for listening and giving us your feedback here and there. Uh, we appreciate it. And we will be back with you guys soon. So for Matt Glover, I am Taiwa Jai. You've been listening to The Cooler here on the podcast. Welcome to The Cooler. Open your medulla for the sports talk. Best two to do it since the shortstop. Show Titus Fort Knox. Tune in and stay a minute. Learn a bit. Careful, these hot takes might burn a bit. Matt and Tile saucing like they Pico de Gallo. Handle business like that uncle out in Cleveland, Ohio. Listen free with no trial. You probably in denial. Like what you mean is free. Swear to God I'm broke as hell and I'm up in it every week. Don't take it from me, do what you gotta do I'ma keep eating this oblongata food Let me call an audible, the cooler they be shutting it down And if you snoozing then you losing like you stuck on the Browns Chief.